All right. Welcome to Command A, episode 12. We're really doing it, Kevin. We're really doing it this time. Got a dozen under our belt. <laughs> Not a baker's dozen. When was the last time you had a donut, by the way? Oh, recently. Oh, I had cinnamon rolls last time. God, those look good. Well, because you did that, that well, because you did that, I required uh, Brianna's. You remember Brianna's? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're back open again. And uh, and I sent my wife. I thought she'd go out and get one or two donuts. It was a framing day, right? It was so it was a, it was a heavy working day. And I sent her out for donuts. I think she's going to bring back one or two. Uh, she brought back a real dozen, Kevin. And <laughs> you remember the old days, don't you? When when uh, Chad Chad and I would go in on a dozen, and they used to give you like thirteen when you used the little football card. Remember that? Oh yeah. And I remember sitting there, and this was the day that I thought I should probably lose some weight because I I ate. I was left alone with a dozen. That was the problem. And so I'm. <laughs> I'm in my office doing my thing, and I eat one and two, and you know that's my typical normal. And then I went with three, and I hit four, and I could feel my pancreas shaking within my body, and I was getting a little dizzy. <laughs> and I said, I'm diabetic, man. I got to stop. <laughs> so I cut back. So yeah, I uh, I did not do another four donuts, but I I regrettably ate three delicious Brianna's donuts, and I could have eaten another couple if I wanted to. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, I'll tell you what, they uh, they would throw me off because I didn't always have cash, and they took cash. So yeah. sometimes that would save me from being honest, that they didn't take credit cards. Um, they take cards if now. I remember, if I remember right, when you got back from your uh, uh, from Trinidad, when you almost relocated, yes, um, there was a Diet Coke and Long John phase. Oh, God. For oh, dude. Um, yeah, so when I was down there, I was living by myself in a hotel my family was still here so that that wasn't a good start anyway because you know I, I'm, a, I'm a family man i like to be with the family and so i'm uh lonely basically i got nothing better to do but watch tv work and eat and i'm on expenses and so when you're in a hotel when there's a wendy's literally literally kevin the closest thing to me and there's not a lot to eat in this little town of trinidad to tell you the truth there's an italian place there's gas stations and there's a wendy's there's McDonald's too and a, and a Sonic, but they're too far away. I, I, come on, man. <laughs> you know, so for, yeah, for breakfast, it was Sonic in those, uh, I forget what they call them, French toast sticks and a Diet Coke and some other things. And dinner was like, you know, a frosty, <laughs> whatever burger. <laughs> yeah, I gained like 20 pounds in like three months, man. I'm serious. So yeah, it, it took a while to come off. <laughs> Come off. So when I tell people I have an eating disorder, I'm not joking. That's not. I'm not. I'm not laughing at, at people that have a real eating disorder because I'm telling you, dude, I've got one. Yeah. The, guy. the only reason why I'm giving you a hard time about it now is just soon thereafter. So you had like a little hiatus for a while, and then soon thereafter, you made a huge change. Oh yeah. And you've maintained that change since, which is really awesome. And that's why I don't feel bad about giving you a hard time now. <laughs> I take it. I anyway. remember there was like a morning conference call, and then you were on your way to. <laughs> What, from whatever gas station that was. Well, it was so it was come and go. So yeah, I'd go get a giant diet coke, and it was forty four ounces. That's what we used to call them as forty fours. But they made they were making their own donuts, and for a gas station, dude, they were really good. That was the problem. I mean, you know, typically you think of a gas station donut, some dry old crusty thing, but these were fresh made donuts right in the back, and you could use a card because to your point, Brianna's wouldn't take uh, take cards back then, so. 
Yeah, that took a little while to break. And in fact, I was doing P90X for two months before I broke that habit. So I was work. I mean, that was, you know, the, the most consistent I'd ever, I'd worked out since really probably the army that I, every day, I mean, I was, I was faithful and but <laughs> it was a lot harder to break that diet Coke and donut <laughs> habit than anything else, man. Right. And I think that's the key is the more good habits you form, the, you have less time for bad habits. So, um, no, I think that's awesome. And I like also, you didn't, you just did a really good job that, that time around, like, and, and like I said, of maintain, but you didn't tell anybody that I'm doing P90X or you just started doing stuff. And then yeah. a few months later, like, whatever it was, it like two or three months, we were just like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'd lost a lot of weight by then. People noticed it. And, and that's, and you're, you know, that's one of the things that I was, you know, again, self focused on at that point in time was because I, you know, all of us at the time, there's a lot of us working in that office and we were always going through little phases of, you know, we're going to try to do this diet or we're going to try to do this. You know, we all, everybody, everybody that we knew cared about, well, except for, except for Scott M, <laughs> everybody else pretty much, you know, at least, you know, wanted to be better uh, from a health perspective, didn't we? We all, we all talked about it and tried different things. And if you remember, we even worked out in my basement for a little while. Do you remember that? That phase? Oh, yeah. I remember how I got invited to that. Is I received an email from somebody that said, you've been identified as fat. <laughs> there was four of us listed on it. He said, do you want to work out in my basement? <laughs> huh. Is that me? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know I don't, who would say that. I don't remember that. That. Awesome. That's, that is probably the only reason why I was in. Well, that and the fact that I think you've always described me and I agree. I, I never thought of this until you said that. You're like... You're my friend that's always down to do something. You're like, hey, do you want to go do this? Yep. <laughs> well, exactly. And and the thing is, I figured that, you know, if we all committed together, right, it would be a lot harder not to do it. And the problem is, was, was our jobs. You know, we didn't have jobs that we could just, we knew every day at a certain time we were done. We didn't have those kind of jobs. We still don't. <clears throat> so... I mean, it, it was kind of doomed from the beginning, but I guess my point of the whole matter is by the time I went on my own, and this was with when P90X3 came out, so that's the time frame, uh, you know, it was just me and my wife, and I'm like, man, I just want to do this, and it was in my head that I was going to do it. I didn't want to talk about it with anybody. I didn't, you know, I didn't want it to be a thing to where this is my conversation every day, because I just, I don't know why, man. I just wanted to really go for it and inner focus type thing, and that, that's what we did, and and my partner, that was my wife, and and we we fulfilled that need that I was I was talking about earlier with having more people is the accountability. I didn't want to get out of bed, you know. She'd she'd wrangle me out the day she didn't want to get out of bed. Nope, you're getting up, you know. You know what I mean? And uh, and rolled our asses downstairs, and and it's been good. Uh, it's been good. We we've done a, we've we've maintained. In fact, we moved our gym. I should send you a picture. We moved our gym to the garage. Our vehicles are out in the driveway now while we're doing this project uh of finishing the basement which we'll talk oh, about i didn't in a think about that you that you would not have your gym would be under construction yeah i was gonna leave it down there but you know once you start getting going to work on something like that man i mean i've got stuff you know pretty organized but still there's just no way i could leave it intact my pull-up bars are still hung up but they'll be coming down so the only thing i don't have in the gym is, is pull-ups but i'm just using the bands and the door thing to you know It'll be fine with with uh, everything else. It, it's not the end of the world type thing. But so yeah, I'll send you a picture of that. 
I was thinking about that. So you were, I know you're looking at a few different um, pull-up bar solutions. Yes. I was thinking before you put up drywall, you should kind of decide. Because if you're going to hang something on the wall, man, I would make like a like three or four two by four stacked where you just can drill into anywhere you kind of know about where they're at or yeah i'm gonna block an anchor into the wall ahead of time yeah so i i, I will have my that's a, that's a great point and and anybody that's listening that's never done construction uh you should understand that when you have something that you know you want to be a heavyweight fixture like that not the kind of thing you just drill into drywall right you want to really anchor those suckers especially a pull-up bar because if you've ever seen one fail under when somebody's using it it's not a pretty sight and it can cause serious injury. So yeah, no, that's a great point, Kevin. I, I do have a plan to do that. I haven't shopped for those yet, but I will be in the near future. About the time I start electrical, I'll be uh, uh, blocking in for uh, something heavy duty like that. Yeah. I mean, you can put in, yeah, whatever, however you decide. But. And the nice thing is once it's, once, if, if we ever move, I'll just pull the bars off and then I can just, you know, patch the drywall. It's no big deal. So it's not like it's going to be a permanent, permanent fixture that somebody has to deal with in the future. I'll just yank them out and then, you know, patch the drywall and just like an empty wall again. So. Heck yeah. I'll just send you some pictures. We're, we're making progress. So first, Kevin, I want to hear about your week. It sounded like it was interesting. So work week wise, which is not fun and stressful, but that's over. So, um, so then let's see. How many days off do I get? Anyways, this is my second day off. So anyways, I built a desk yesterday and today, finished it today, and um, rearranged my office and then made a place to hang my backpacks in the office. I sent you a picture. I saw that. But basically what I did is, so over my last vacation, I wanted a butcher block island in my kitchen. And instead of pulling up the quartz countertop, I bought a a big piece of butcher block and it was um I think it was thirty nine inches wide and it was but it was six foot long. So I didn't need that much. So I left over I had a piece that was um thirty nine inches wide by uh it was like forty four and a half. So this week I ripped that in half and then I bond I put it together end to end and made myself a six foot eight desk. It looks cool. <clears throat> so I'm going to describe it because Kevin's doing a poor job here. It's a very modern looking desk. And so you, you can't, there's no back legs to this thing. So he's got these wonderful, and I'm going to guess, I'm guessing they're four by four posts, which are pine, Kevin. Um, yeah. So what it is, it just has one leg. So it's, both. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, my picture doesn't, there we go. I'll scroll it over. I see that one leg. Yep. Okay. So holding up the desk along the back and along the, um, as you're looking at it, the left side of the desk where it's in the corner up against the wall. Mm -hmm. I put two by four stringer in the wall and I stained that and made it look nice. And then I used pocket holes dr okay. drilled in it. And so the desk is attached to the wall and then I just made one leg. And what I did was I, I glued two two by fours together. Okay. But then on top of that, I, I glued and sawed some pine around it. Ah, to make it okay. look like a bigger post. Looks great. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sharp looking too. And I like and I the like contrast. I was wondering. I I do. Um, yeah. Jack's my son. He he's like I don't like that, and I'm like I'm colorblind, so I'm always like. Oh, <laughs> no, I I like the contrast uh, between the two, so that it's like a clear finish on the post. And yeah, I I now I can see 
behind the chair, there's not another post. But yeah, I was wondering if you use cleats or how you put that up in the back. That looks good. But yeah, beautiful dark brown butcher block, very modern looking. Uh, very cool. And really, it was my leftover lumber from a different project. So <laughs> Gotta love it. It was almost free. Drove and then holes for cables to go through, and and then actually my boom mic fits in the hole, and then bolts to the back corner of the. T- so I really, I just really like the way it turned out. I'm oh, it's a, uh, you should put it. You should go to you know the Reddit podcasting thing and post it in there. I think people would get a kick out of that. <clears throat> yeah, I might do that. And then looking at your backpack, Hank. So I, you know, one of the things I'm I'm doing in the basement is building a backpacker's closet, uh, which will be a nice little room for our packs and gear and whatnot. And it'd be all by all by itself. It'd be kind of cool. But anyway. What I want to point out here is what I'm, I think I'm going to do this for the hangers. I like it so much is you've got like, um, what kind of, I mean, it's like plumbing pipe, like gray pipe with caps, right? Yeah. So those are actually, um, from Menards and Gillette. Okay. Bought them for a project. She didn't, I think she was going to make a stool. I don't know what she was going to make. I don't think she knew. Anyways, we've had them for four or five years. And then I found this board. So this is just a, a one by two board, but it had a bunch of knots and stuff in it and like cool grain. So I mm-hmm. just boiled it and then put those, it's just black pipe. So it's half, it's a black pipe. Okay. Black pipe. And then with a cap, um, I found those in the garage and I thought, why not hang backpacks on there? Yeah, it looks good. So I made space for six because sometimes I overbuy. Well, I was going to say, you've got a bin in the picture here. And I was going to say, you might. You might want to consider finding some hooks for those. I think you have a bag problem, as it were. So the bin is to be sold. Oh, okay. Those are the ones you get rid of? Yep. What's the purple one? It's a Cirrus 24 Osprey. Day, day like pack? Day pack type. Yeah, I wish I needed a... Adelaide just got a new one last year, so I had well, I see nothing there that I can buy. It doesn't have a... It doesn't have like a back pocket? Like the stuff stuff in? Yep. I think that's the same one Adelaide has. Yeah, she doesn't have a stuffer either, which is fine. She likes it just fine for the day pack. But yeah, I, I noticed that on hers. Angie and I, whatever ones we have, have had the stuffer, which I like for a yeah. you know, I windbreaker. Yeah, the, the Talon or the Talons. Or... Yeah, that's them, Talons. I'm horrible with these pack names. I don't have a day pack, I'm, and I don't think I'm going to keep all these. So, so one of these two big ones are about the same size they're going to. Yeah. And I'm honestly thinking about keeping my Osprey. So. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I've got, so what do I got? I have, I have four packs, Kevin. I, so I make fun of you folks, but I have just as bad a problem. I've got a big 80 that I used for the solitude, uh, you know, and then I, which was a, you know, what was that? Five days, six days, something like that. And the pack yeah, probably could have went a little further. Other people's stuff, though. Right? A few, th- yeah, I had my a lot of my daughter's stuff in there too, yeah. uh, as well. Plus camera gear, you know, it just all adds up. And then I have my my favorite pack is my uh, Atmos 60, 65, whatever it is. Love that pack. Now I have the newer version. I had the, the when you knew me, I had the old one. I uh, ripped it or something. God, it. Uh, oh, the zippers for those outside pouches ripped. And I sent it in to Osprey, and they were like, it's going to be eight weeks to get it back. I'm like, oh. So I bought the new one, and then I gave my son the repaired version, and he and I have used it one a couple of times so because he wanted to get into backpacks. It worked out great. And then I got that red one that's a smaller, like a 35 or 40. 
you can take overnight and then I've got my day pack. So yeah, I've got, I mean, a guy could do it with just one, but you know, whatever. Yeah. There's a store up the road that they buy gear. So I'm thinking oh. up there and see what they buy. And maybe they'll have a day pack or something that I can get out of the deal. Cause I don't have a day pack. I have a 60, I'll just end up with a 65 liter pack. Right. Right. And that's, I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. I, there's a, there's a place that's in near REI down in Denver. Uh, damned if I know their name, but they, they do a lot of used stuff with mountaineering gear and just every, all kinds of backpacking stuff. And if you, if you don't, if you don't have a, an issue with buying something used or last year's or whatever, it's a great place to go. I wish we had one of those here. Yeah, no, I need to go check it out. I got another, uh, well, I have two, like, so I think you, you and I had one that like, I had like a Patagonia, like, um, computer bag. Like yeah. I one. still have that. Yeah. And then I also have a, a backpack for like a, a work commuter bag. Uh-huh. But it, I wish it had like stretchy pockets on the side to, for water bottles and stuff because it has like a zipper pocket and, and stuff all gotcha. the But, you know. Yeah, I like the, uh, I, I, for the, oh, for an overnight, uh, I don't, I really like that Patagonia one, especially when I'm not flying somewhere. If I'm driving, I really like that. Cause I don't have to carry it through an airport on my shoulder. I, you know, cause you get fatigued doing that if it's too long or whatever, but, uh, you know, for my overnight locally here, when I have to go out to customers or whatever, it's nice to just throw that in the back. Just the right size. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a week business trip with that. Just that. Well, I could be to carry around the airport. I could, if I did laundry, that's, and I've done that before. Uh, I don't know if I did a week. I, I'm sure you've exceeded me. I think I did two or three days and worked out pretty good. I like it. That's a, that's, that's nice. Uh, I like what you got going and I really appreciate the before and after <laughs> that <laughs> and looks yeah, so much nicer this morning. Yeah. And then it's, it's gear lab studios because kind of the joke around here for years, even in Gillette is I wanted to turn my bedroom into a gear lab and my wife has always said no. <laughs> so now that I get half of the office, one side is her business and the other side is gear lab studios. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I mean, that's, I'm sounding like a pretty happy medium, I think. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I'm going to send you one picture. I'm going to say I'll send you. No, I'm going to send you two. So, first of all, Adelaide has a hidden talent. And so, you know, I think I've told you, I don't, we talked about in the beginning of the show here. I'm finishing my basement during COVID 19 and working from home and some other economic factors, watching my neighbor's house sell, things like that. I've now realized that it makes great sense for me to finish my basement. So, I've started doing that. And one of the things that I discovered was my daughter has a talent for, you know, measuring and cutting. So, and I'll send you, I'm going to send you this too. This will, let me see if I can, how do I send this? How do you send things? Or, or computers? How do these computers work? How do these computers work? I don't even know. So it's downloading and that'll send it. But so I, I've got, um, and we're going to talk about how I, 
think about DIY versus hiring things out. And it's a calculated madness because it's a pretty expensive thing to do your, to do your basement. And around here, you know, you can figure when I was in, in the business, we would charge about $25 a square foot for a pretty simple build. And you could do, I mean, you could, you might find somebody out there today that might do it for 20 a square foot and at a good job. Like if you want, you know, a couple of built-ins, things like that, you're going to probably hit $30 a square foot. So what I do, and we'll get back to Adelaide and what makes, what, what I think is so cool about this whole thing and, and how I spent my father's day, which is timely, uh, with her yesterday. But I look at this, like if I can do the job or learn to do it relatively easily, and it's not going to, um, you know, be a patch job. I don't, I don't, my work, it's important to me to be good and professional, et cetera, et cetera. So what I don't want to do is just patch something together and say, yeah, I finished my basement. So I, I'm, you know, I, I do it right, start to finish. And I have some experience building homes in the past where I wasn't necessarily the carpenter, but I, I, I helped the carpenters and I didn't necessarily, wasn't the, the, the <clears throat> concrete finisher, but I finished a little concrete, if that makes any sense. So I kind of have that background. So one thing I know is I don't I don't have a lot of the tools needed. I've gotten rid of them over the years, or just never never owned them. Right since we, since I, I went I left uh, the home building business, and around here we don't have a very strong rental support group. We have one rental shop, and the tools are just beat to crap. And we used to rent a few different things, and I, I've even rented them from time to time. But oftentimes you spend more time fighting. <laughs> fighting the rental tool versus just, you know, dealing with getting the new one. So to me, time is money too. I, I want to get the job done. And so back when I was a diesel mechanic, about the same time you were in the airframe business, I, uh, I used to, you know, take the opinion that if I can fix my car myself, even if I have to buy a tool, it's going to be cheaper than sending it out because time is is something that I have. It's it's finite. I've got evenings. I've got weekends that I can do. So I might not be able to do the same job uh, in my basement that a framer could do. A framer would be done. It's been a week, just over a week, and I'm not halfway through my framing job. I'm getting faster, right? So that's the thing. But it hasn't cost me anyone's labor. Just my own evenings, a couple of weekends now. Well, really only one weekend of actual work. Other weekend was planning, but I so I bought so I buy tools and what I do, I bought a nice saw, I bought a hammer drill, a couple other things, and at the end of the day, when I'm done with this project, what I don't keep, and I might keep some of the things depending the hammer drill I won't, I'll never have another use for a hammer drill, except to drill that you know drill it in for the plate because I don't like to use those, uh, uh, what are they called? The, you know the cartridges that shoot the bolts in through your your bottom plate. I can't think right. what they're called right now, but I don't like those in older concrete. It's 12 year old just because it shatters. And I, I just, I didn't want to, to mess with it. So I didn't. So, uh, you know, I, I put Tapcons in for all my, my green plate and where I live for folks information, you have to float all your walls. So I'm building them all in place. I'm not standing them just because my concrete's not perfectly level. And I didn't want to shim and fool with it. And I want to maintain that inch and a half because I am using a, having a, uh, I, I permitted through the city, Kevin. I, I'm having a city inspections, uh, et cetera, et cetera, because if I want to sell the house and if I move with a company I work for, 
it'll be important that all that all the paperwork's in order from the finished product, right? So I don't want to have a hack job and then have to bring somebody in later. So anyway, I buy this nice chop saw and it's a DeWalt sliding 12 inch compound miter saw. And I'll use this thing all the way through the end of the project. Uh, you know, for everything I'm using it for framing. Now I'll change the blade. I'll end up using it for my trim. Cause I'm just going to do MDF trim, maybe some cabinet work, uh, type of thing, but I'll use this all the way through. So we've been trying to figure out workflow and how to get through things relatively quickly. And so what I've determined was my wife is, she wants to try to predict what I need and, and, you know, here's my, here's my level. Here's my, you know, here's your, here's your, uh, nail gun, all these kinds of things <laughs> and try to predict when I'm going to need them next. And, and she wants to follow me around and do that. That's her, her contribution when we're down there working. And then my daughter, you know, she's not, that's not how she works. She's not going to just stand there and hand me tools. It's not her thing. So I'm like, okay. So I, I let her use the saw. I just kind of show her how it works and stuff and, and that kind of thing. And didn't flinch, didn't have any issues. So uh, I went back and I showed her how I measure boards, how I make my marks, how I use the speed square, all those things. And so now, dude, we got into this program yesterday where I'm literally over there. I get my board in place. I start nailing it. I call out the the dimension for the next board because with those floating walls, you don't want to go ahead. I'm going to tell you why, because as you start putting pressure, because you got a hanging wall and as you add pressure to that bottom plate, even though I've got spacers in there, you know, those heights can, can vary an eighth from time to time. So I don't like to waste studs. So I call out the measurement and she, she pulls the tape, she marks, she cuts, brings me the board. I'm putting it in place and it's just bam, bam, bam. So we finally got in our groove. And so that's how I spent my father's day with a daughter that can do anything. It turns out to include, and you remember she was a backpacker when she was, you know, little, and now she's over here. She's a better carpenter than I am. I'm going to tell you that her cuts are spot on dude. So anyway, little brag, but, uh, that's what I've learned about my daughter this week. That's awesome. What's the picture with the playing card and the 51 and a well, that's that's uh that was my that's my son so his contribution to the home <laughs> he's 20 he's turning 25 this year's folk this year folks so what we did is we were getting ready to finish the basement we started you know i'm getting ready to do some blocking and whatnot and when he was her age his claim to fame was he would take a deck of cards and he would flick them or throw them i don't know the right word but he could throw them from one end of the basement to the other and literally almost stick the things in a board. I mean, they would go hard, right? <laughs> and so for years, we keep finding these things. And that's the one we found. And we're going to leave it in the structure of the house for time and all eternity. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's why I wanted to share that one because, you know, Austin. And uh, he got oh, a kick yeah. out of that, too. I'm like, we're, this and is I, you, buddy. I actually remember you or maybe Austin or somebody telling me that before that he could throw cards. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, he just makes them rip. I, and there's a, uh, some technique he's, he's figured out, but yeah, you wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of a, and it's a, it's a, it's a regular Las Vegas playing card. Right. right. But uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, it would, it would cut into you if it, the damn thing hits you. Cause those things are flying, man. Good paper cut if nothing else. Yeah. That's awesome. So yeah, that, and then the second was just a video there of, you know, went around watching her do her thing. Yeah, just a uh, great job. It's been a lot of fun so far. So, yeah, it's turning into a pretty good family project, and it'll be nice when it's done and add some value to the home. Uh, yeah, so that's what's going on. 
That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, like I said, just about five minutes before we started the podcast, when I finished this desk and finished like organizing stuff, but just kind of looking around, sitting here. I mean, I have an area for my my work stuff, so I can go. I don't have to re- remove stuff. I got a my area and the area for work stuff for the yep. times that I need to do a little bit of work at home. Quickly be able to charge everything, keep stuff organized. Um, we used to share, Paige and I used to share a six-foot desk that was only 80, 18 inches deep. And that was a lot of stuff in there. Right. So. Get this no, that thing is nice, man. And that, to your point, you can just slide right over, you know, no encumbrances, and you're on your work computer. I went through a lot of designs. So at first, I wanted to build this elaborate desk. And then I'm like, no, I need to. Save money. So I was actually going to build a cheaper desk than this, except for this is re, reused parts from another deal. So it might have been more expensive. But sure, I wanted a a stand up desk or the desk that could move up and down. But I didn't want to pay necessarily for the mechanism. So I thought about having a desk that I could physically move and change legs on, like if I wanted up sometimes. But then I was like, that's going to be a pain. I had this whole design where it'd have like like pins, so you could just pin it to the wall. But I went with this. I'm I like it. it. I really do. I, that's that's a very impressive looking desk, and it's I'm I like that minimal design because I do all the planning in my head. Yeah, like I go through different designs and phases, and yep. I think about something like for two or three weeks before I start anything. That's how my basement's been too. I mean, there's been times I just pause and start thinking because you know I don't want to redo anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I'm I've got I'm only putting one bathroom down there. But, you know, just making sure I'm dead on with everything because I do not want us to have to redo any of that mess. And I'll do the same with electrical. I've been suffering over electrical since I started framing because at least I have the layout with the framing. So I don't have to think about the layout anymore. But now I'm thinking electrical the whole time I'm running, you know. Nice. Are you doing a shower down there? Yeah, I'll do a tub shower, I think. I may just do a shower, but probably tub shower. Right on. Yeah, I've got the rough plumbing in the ground already for it that came with the house. So I'm kind of limited on uh, some of the dimensions. And you see that big wood? Let's see, you don't see it. Here, hold on. Let me got to send you another picture. I got to send you another picture. I got these two big, and you may remember them. It's where my pull up bar is, actually. Yeah. I've like got the, yeah, I've got this big wooden LVL beam, right? Glued together. It's a, like a, it's like a Versalam thing. Uh, but it, it, uh, a couple things. Maybe you know the answer to this. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I do. But because so first of all, finishing a basement, no load bearing walls. They're all just for looks. All your walls are just for looks, right? They provide no other purpose other than to hang sheetrock on, right? And and hold insulation in place and keep your wires out of the way. Other than that, there's no structural reason for these things. So I've got this beam and where where my backpacks used to hang. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where that's kind of right where the bathroom is going to be. And the dividing wall is going to be at the beam because it's basically a, a, a two by six width. So that is where I'm running a two by six wall down. So I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide that beam for the most part. I'll still have the ductwork going next to it, but the beam itself will be hidden. And then the, the posts that are in the in the floor, they'll be hidden as well, either with because of the stairs and stair landings or uh, it'll be the end of the wall for a, for another closet. So it's going to hide the beam. Now, this is the weird thing. I'm going to be putting my wall. There's not going to be a top plate on this floating wall under the beam. The beam is going to be the header. Nice. What do you think of that? Yeah. 
I struggled with it emotionally for a while because it's like, I got to have a top plate, got to have a top plate. And then I'm like, I got to where I'm, I'm going to have to have, I have to have put two doors underneath this beam. Mm -hmm. The rough opening is barely sufficient after right. I put my flooring down to be able to put a door in you know, without making a custom made door that's too short. So, uh, yeah, that's how I'm going to do it. And, uh, it'll, it'll be fine, but, uh, it just bothered me a little bit, you know, to, until I realized that this is all just fascia. There's no real reason for any of these walls other than fascia. So. Right on. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the progress for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I'll say, I'll say, I'll send you some, some pics later. I'm going to do a natural, you know, I like video, so I'll, I'll be doing a time lapse at some point. I haven't done one yet, but just taking pictures so far, but, uh, when I get ready to start doing where I have some interior walls and the time lapse will be more interesting, that's when I'll do my first time lapse. Excellent. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm having fun with it. Taking a lot of emotional energy, but that's okay. And so uh, I noticed you had in the notes here. So what are you gonna? What are you gonna think you're gonna sub out, or or what were you? That's always the question. Um, so I think I can do, I found an electrician that'll work with me. So in our state, in build, building codes, the homeowner, you can do, you can, you can do your own electrical, you can do all of your own sub work. And, uh, but as long as you have the building inspector, you know, test it and sign off on it. So if you're capable to do it, you don't need to hire a sub for your own home. Okay. So, but I found a sub that will help me. And this is where I'm weak is electrical and drywall. Electrical, I'm strong. Once it's laid, I mean, I can pull the wire, I can set the boxes, I can do all that. I'm a little weak on layout, how to do the home runs and making sure I got the circuits right and in the right places and switches where they should be and all that. So I've got a guy that I'm going to pay time and materials. He's going to help me get it laid out. I'll do all the work, you know, get everything ran, whatnot, call on him from time to time, you know, pay him kind of like on retainer. Uh, an hour or two here and there to, you know, help me with a couple of things instead of paying for the whole job. And then I'll have the electrical inspector do it. I'll draw the electrical permit and everything else. So that's, that's going to work out pretty good for me. The option of that, and that'll save me just my guess right now. It's going to save me about 4,500 bucks, uh, is what I'm thinking on electrical. So again, this starts reducing that price per square foot down. I mean, at $30 a square foot, you can figure on, and this is talking to my realtor, you break even, you get your money back on a basement finish. So you get to use the space. And when you go to resell, you typically get your money back. Well, if I can do this in, you know, again, I'm comping with my neighbor who just sold his house. If I can do this for $15 a square foot, which I believe I can and still make it really nice, uh, I should be able to come out ahead and add some value to the home. That's my goal. Anyway, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah, I think it'll just be nice for you. It'll be good I while I'm here. Be real nice. Yeah, while I'm here, it'll be good. My daughter's really excited because she'll have a, a bigger room. You know how small her bedroom is, and she's constantly uh, telling me how small it is. So this is <laughs> <laughs> this is good, and it's motivating her to go down there and learn how to cut wood and set plate and, you know, all the kinds of things that you do during construction. So yeah, she's learning some stuff. I don't know too. that much about construction. I'm okay at like self-taught woodworking, mm -hmm. but I know very little about 
construction? Well, you know, I'm going to tell you the difference between now and the time I used to do this um, is YouTube. There's some guys out there, Kevin, that are phenomenal, and they've done a great job of walking a person through some of these basic things when it comes to things like, you know, layout and finishing a basement and all the little things that go into it. And uh, it's remarkable how how thorough they are. And, and you know, you look at them and they're, it's, it's the evergreen content. I think we've talked about that before. You know, there's one guy, he's got one specific video about framing. He's got like 2 million views. And, you know, he made one video. Doesn't really need to change it. <laughs> I mean, you know, 16 inch on center framed walls are pretty much standard for a long time and they probably will be for a long time. Right. So. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I definitely could do any of that. And, and I use YouTube. Oh yeah, for sure. That. That's how I learn how to hang like pre hung doors and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty, I'm pretty good at that. I've just never made a wall. Like, so when sure. you talk floating wall, I'm not sitting here going, Oh yeah. And you got to do this or that. I really don't. <laughs> gotcha. I don't but what I will not do is I don't do any plumbing. I, I I loathe plumbing and drywall I don't enjoy doing either. So sure. Now I have those done. I'm I this so yeah, I'm I'm on the that's that's what that's my next one that I'm on the fence with is drywall. So uh <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm I'm too far out still to worry about it. But well it's coming it'll come in a month or two, but Oh remind me. So I, remind I, me, there was a guy in Gillette that did he re um sprayed my whole house retextured my whole house yeah and um he did some drywall patching for us yeah and he does bigger per jobs and his prices were super reasonable and he was really handy especially like when i would be out of town and he'd help page with something okay so if you want a name send me his name really really good guy send me his name i, cause I what i'm thinking of doing is hanging it myself uh because you know that's just labor. I can do that. I can hang drywall. I've done it before. You know, I'm not the fastest at it, but so what? Again, back to I'm trying to save money on the project, not trying to, you know, have an overrun, uh, you know, type of thing. So I'll, I'm thinking I'll, that I'll hang it myself. But what I what I definitely know that I won't do is finish it, right? Because to me, that is a that is a true skill. <laughs> And yeah, I could probably get it done. And if honestly, if I would have started this when I should have, probably right after we bought the house, I would have finished it myself. And it would have taken a little more time and I would have learned to do. But at this point in time, it's I don't really want to learn how to finish drywall. And it's a lot. I mean, I've got a decent sized basement and buddy, no thanks. <laughs> Somebody told me once, I'm not saying this is fact because I don't remember who told me, but I did hear it once that like, that like good drywall people would rather hang it themselves because they're like, I'm better at this than you are and I can finish it easier if you don't screw it up. That's there's, I think there's, I mean, I, I think it depends on who you go. So we used to have these guys, we used to bring them out of Denver and they were uh, a crew and they had, I think it was like six or seven of them, man. And you turn them loose and they, I mean, they would bang it out, man. And they would hang tape texture and, and be done with it. Right. I mean, they were fast, uh, two or three days, be done with the job. And, and you're right, painters painters will sit, painters like to work with certain drywallers for the same reason, right? Because a bad drywall job, you know, you like to blame the painter at the end, you know, cause the, and the painter's like, no, no, this is the drywall, right? So, uh, yeah, there's there's I think there's a lot of truth to that, and certainly uh, certainly for complex jobs, I think that's true. 
but uh you know my experience with the guys as long as you don't uh as long as long as you don't have complicated things that are really going to be screwed up or you know really don't know what you're doing i think that uh, you're going to be okay the biggest problem i'm going to have in the basement is because of the compound staircase i have going downstairs stocking the drywall i can't do 12 foot sticks and you pay to have that finished by joints so uh, there's going to be a lot more joints so it's going to be a little more expensive on the finish side than it would if i could run uh, 12 foot sheets but nothing to do about that right on and you're doing uh, 16 on center for all your walls i am i am so my that... house in gillette yeah was 24 everywhere I started like measuring to hang shelves and different stuff. I'm like, what in the even world? your bearing walls, the outside walls of the house. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. I was trying to hang stuff one time. I can't find a stud. I was getting mad. I mean, it's a, it, I mean, it's, it actually was a, uh, an acceptable standard at one point. Um, my house is all upstairs is all two by six, 16 inch on center. And you can still do two by four by code around here, but most everyone, because of the insulation, right? That's why you want the two by six uh, more sure. than anything. But the basement, again, you know, I'll get sufficient insulation doing two by four without taking up too much space. My biggest regret in this house, and I probably should have paid extra in the beginning when we were building it, was I didn't do nine foot basement walls. You know, they're eight footers, and it's, I'd prefer a nine foot wall in the basement if I could, but whatever. Yeah, no, I see that. Whatever. No, that's yeah, I'm, that's exciting. I, I, like I said, I like doing some stuff. Like this year, though, um, I paid to have my house painted on the inside. We've talked about it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Somebody came with a decent price, and I'm like, that is way worth several weekends of my time. You know, I, you know, I don't like projects in my main living area, right? I don't. I mean, I just. It disrupts my flow. With my basement, I've got it plasticed off. I've got plastic, uh, you know, carpet, realtor plastic I put all over the carpet coming from the front door. So wear your shoes in, all that kind of thing. And, and you go into this separate area to do the project. No problem. And, to you know, like I mentioned earlier, we cleaned out the garage, mopped the floor, and put the gym up in there. I got the TV out there. We could do, we got all our weights out there and the, the, the flooring and all that. So. You know, I'm I'm good to go on that, and then the project stays the project, so it doesn't. Because I'm with you, I don't like having things taped up and masks, and then it just I can't relax in my relaxed space. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I would pay to do yeah. stuff like that too. I I'm I'm a big project like this only because again, if I had unlimited resources, Kevin, I would just pay to have it done and pay the thirty bucks a square foot and smile and walk away. Right? No problem. Since I don't, uh, since I, you know, trying to make a little, make a little value in this house because of the, when I bought it and the way the markets went, I'm hoping to get a little closer to breaking even. I'm not going to break even, but I'll get a little more value back into the place. So that's my goal. No. And that's a solid point. If I had a, if my living space, right, if I'm not in there, then, then I would be more apt to finish the basement like you're doing. I, I would actually enjoy that. Yeah. Because every time I tell you what. Every time I've gone out to do a project lately in the garage, and I've been doing a lot, like this morning, I got up, I grabbed coffee, and I, w- I went straight to the garage. I didn't YouTube or yep. what I usually do, or I didn't contemplate. Oh, yeah, I'm me just, too. I'm out there doing stuff. I'm like, man, I wish I wish I had this much passion about 
about what I do for a living, right? Like I, those people that do, I, I'm so I envious of them. Yep. Um, because I could go build something or do something. And that's fun for me. Yep. I'm but, with you. Yeah. I've thought about that too. I mean, you talked about doing custom furniture, I think at one point in time. And, you know, I, th- I thought if a guy could do something like that, I, you know, a friend of ours, she's selling jewelry on Etsy and, you know, that kind of stuff to me, that, that craftsman thing, you can do something you enjoy like that and you can find a market for it. I think that's a, that's a very important point. If you can find a market for those things, buddy, that's, that's the way to go. You know what I mean? Uh, if you could, if you could enjoy doing that, you can make stuff. I don't care if it's leather or whatever, any kind of a handmade thing. That's cool. I mean, I respect that. Yeah. I've, I've thought several times about building something and then trying to sell it, but you know, I guess if you were commissioned something, I'm not like a fine woodworker, so I'd say a more rustic learning. But no, my brother-in-law, that's what he started off making rustic two by four dimensional lumber projects to full on does kitchens, kitchen islands and builds furniture for a living. Sure. Yeah, no, and it's a learnable, it's a learnable thing. And I, th- I think to be, you know, production level and be good at something, you know, it takes time, man. You got to learn how to do it, right? I mean, I've seen tile guys. These are my some of my favorite craftsmen or tile guys because, and maybe it's because I don't fully understand tile. I just I get so stressed out over layout <laughs> is probably why. But you watch a good tile guy go in and do a bathroom or something. It's art, man. And the way those things come out, they just look phenomenal. And after you see that, and you go into a place and you can and you notice new tile, and you're like, oh, that's that's amateur hour. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can tell the difference. And I, well, it's really mentor, cool. Like you did that for a living or for somebody's company. They're going to teach you the right. best way to do it. They're going to teach you the fastest way too, right? Because they yep. make more money when they get done. That's right. On to the next job. That's right. And you could, like you said, you can learn any of these skills. Like I've always wanted to be a mason. Oh, really? I think building like brick walls and houses, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, except for the sun is my problem. I don't think I'd want to be outside. I always like the trim guys, the trim carpenters doing uh, cabinets and, you know, those kinds of things. And because by then we always had the air conditioning turned on in the house because <laughs> you wanted to stabilize the temperature for paint right. and, and everything else and trim, right? Your cabinets, you don't want your cabinets, you know, especially in this climate going to 20 below zero. And then the next day you fire heaters up, right? That's, that's not good for trim. So yeah, they always had heat and heat and air, uh, when they were in there working. So I always thought I'd be a trim man, but yeah, I, I don't have the skills, man. I'll tell you, I, when I say my daughter's a better cutter than me, but I'm not kidding you. I'm not saying it to pander to my daughter. She really is. She really is. I was going to ask you this. So I noticed, um, so we talked about a little in the last episode. I was spreading mulch. I was digging holes. I was putting in trees. I don't remember the last time I dug a hole. Honestly, I don't. It's been years. Okay. I remembered while I was doing all this stuff, I had very little time to get mad about stuff that doesn't matter to me. So like everything that's going on in our country right now or in, in general, sure. even before whatever all this started, right? All your people that get triggered by social media and everything, the media, like the media kind of clickbaity media, CNN, Fox News stuff. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, everybody should just go dig a hole. That's right. Spend two hours digging a hole, and you'll just remember that, like, hmm, that stuff doesn't really matter, and this makes you feel pretty good because you accomplished something. (laughs) 
I, I absolutely agree. In fact, when you said that, I was reminded of Jack Reacher digging swimming pools. Remember that? Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of when I'm digging my hole. I'm like, I could dig a pool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but but even you in your basement or me building the furniture, yeah, just get out there and you start doing something. You know, you don't have time for your mind to get away from you. Or oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and especially if you because you pick up your phone, you may you mentioned it because I, I did the same thing when I've been doing this project. I mean, as soon as I'm as soon as I can get downstairs, I, I don't I don't need to get up and you know spend an hour looking to see what's happened in the news and all the bad news. I just go to work, right? And it's it's been refreshing, and I've been focused on my job that way too. Has been helping me in the mornings. I work out, I get a shower, I sit down and go to work instead of, you know, reading the news. And my wife and I talked about this. We're trying to do less of it because, to your point, it just it just it clutters your mind, man. I can't even explain it. But when you what what was the it was in the Bible? It's I don't even know where it, where this came from, but idle hands are the devil's plaything or something, or maybe that's just some saying my grandma used to say. But I think it, I think it means something because when you're just sitting around, you do nothing. When we were kids, right, you get in trouble. <laughs> you have nothing instructive to do. You find trouble, mischief. Yeah, I'm, I've just really been thinking about like, so everybody has time to be mad about all these things, right? These people and things trigger them. But it's because we have so much time to worry. Like we're not worried about where we're going to get food. We're not worried about how we're going to make money, staying warm. I mean, we just sit around and. And wait to be entertained. Yep, that's right. It's that's right. Interesting. I'm. I've been thinking differently. Um, I try to leave. <clears throat> I try to leave my professional life off of the podcast, but it it's um. There's just a lot there that's that's not very rewarding. Mm-hmm. I, I seek to be rewarded. I'm thankful. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for uh, the opportunities I've had and the benefits of of my job, but. Uh, there's more to it, for sure. Well, you know, you and I have been in multiple careers in our lives, right? I mean, uh, we're not we're not spring chickens at this point in time, and so we've worked a lot of different jobs. And you know, I can look back, and I I mean, it's tough to look back with a with a a true perspective because when you were there, you think about it a lot differently than you know ten twenty years later. And I don't remember ever working for a job that I said, you know, this is giving me everything I need. I don't know that that unicorn exists for most people. I think it's those rare exceptions. And you mentioned it earlier, you know, the people that are passionate about what they do. But Kevin, I mean, everybody, it's, how many people do you talk to that are truly passionate about what they do? And and really, full, and if they're being honest with you, I mean, yeah. are really, really going to, you know, be fulfilled with their work. Sure. And I think, so two things. So I think that today's society, like everybody posts the perfect thing, right? Like everything mm-hmm. on social media is how great, and nobody's life is great. So. That's right. But here's what, I, so when I see somebody that's passionate about, like when I meet somebody or see somebody that's truly passionate about what they're doing for a living and stuff, I'm not jealous of them. I'm just happy for them. I'm very Agreed. proud of them. I don't wish to be them. You know, I'm not like, man, why can't I be that? I'm just genuinely happy for them. Um, Let me ask you something. And I think being envious of other people's lives are definitely is unhealthy. I <laughs> absolutely agree. But let me ask you this question, because I didn't always think this. Think like you're talking. I do oh, today. I I'm I'm with you. <laughs> and so is that is that wisdom? I mean, what 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 defines that? Because I I used to be jealous, dude. 
uh, when I, especially I'd say between high school graduation and my 10 year reunion, I'd hear about somebody, you know, doing well, being successful. And I maybe someplace in, in a, in an area that I wasn't. And I always felt behind and I was so envious of those people. And I mean, and I just, I didn't wish them poorly, but I was just, I didn't, I didn't want to talk to them even. Right. I was just, I don't know, felt sorry for myself. I don't even know the right words here, but, uh, today, man, you know, I hear about somebody that, you know, is kicking ass somewhere or did real well with some investment or, you know, their kids graduated from a great college or something. I mean, I'm tickled pink for them, man. I'm so excited that, yeah, their lives are going well. I want, I want people that I know to be doing well. Right. So I don't know when that, when it changed, but I agree with you. I just, uh, I just know it. It hasn't always been that way in my life, anyway. Well, no, and 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 it is wisdom and it's growth, and and I've learned that <clears throat> that I would, um, I didn't always focus on things, and I didn't realize maybe appreciate the things that I did have. So, like I said, even now, where I feel unfulfilled, or I feel like I work in an unhealthy environment, I, I am acknowledging that I'm I'm thankful for. It's allowed me a lot of opportunities, especially the last several months. This twenty twenty, I never missed a day or a paycheck or worried about it. Right, so, right. So very thankful. Great point. Um, I had some jobs that I enjoyed the work, but I didn't. I always wanted more pay, or always wanted more, more, and more. Yep. And so some of those times, I look back, I wonder if I could have been content. I have no idea, but I regret nothing because I don't end up here today if I change anything, in my opinion. So I don't yep. regret any mistakes or yeah 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 agreed no regrets agreed yeah yeah no i i uh i don't regret anything either i mean i'm you know everything's worked out just fine i'm very thankful for everything really that i have and have done and experienced all that all that now a different way i would answer the question is if i could make a different decision along the way would i have done it yep <laughs> Yeah, there no, are if you, if you there are a handful now, of those. Would, it's, your decisions would be yeah. definitely different. Did I need to go into debt for this thing? Nope. <laughs> Did I need to? You know, whatever. Nope. Did I need to lose my temper here? Nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you no, know, I agree. I, I'm not proud of everything. That's right. That's a good I way to don't put have it. Any regrets? That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Well, Kevin. uh I'm glad we got this got this podcast recorded. I hope uh, people are enjoying listening to our antics as we go into the summer. Uh, yeah, I'll have to say that this summer the episodes might be a little odd because we're busy. That's right. And I don't know if today was entertaining or not, but I enjoyed. That's right. Being here today. And that's that's a good point for our, our listeners. We are not going to force ourselves into adhere uh, to a schedule if we have nothing to talk about, and we are you know you know forced into a time constraint. So we're gonna we're gonna do our best, and I, I think we're gonna have a good cadence and get us through the summer. And then don't worry, by the time we get back into winter, uh, we will want to be doing twice as many episodes because we will be out of all those projects and warm weather activities to do and. At least I will be if I'm in. Yeah. Is still in Wyoming. I will be complaining about how damn cold it is, and I can't leave the house. So, <laughs> yeah, I'd say that as we gain more listeners, we're always open to subject ideas. Yes. And, yes. Um, if not, we just enjoy doing it, so we're just going to keep doing it. We're shooting for every week. 
I hope that we get to do every week, but um, who knows what will happen over the summer. I look forward to every week doing these. And uh, I think we're finding our stride with um, we're pretty flexible. That's right. That's right. Yep. And we'll uh, we'll keep plugging away. And what we I, I think one of the goals we need to set here, Kevin, for and I think it's the right thing to do for for the folks that are listening. We need to we need to give them a place to go to see some of these pictures that we, you know, exchange back and forth and, uh, you know, kind of some background that we talk about that folks can go to because the, the podcast platform doesn't provide that. Right. It gives, I can I can put a few words in, but man, we got to figure something out. So let's set a goal for the 15th episode to have some sort of a page somewhere, even if it's just a Facebook thing where folks can go and uh, and we'll talk about it more offline. But what do you say? 15th episode? Is that reasonable? It's yeah, at least to have something. I This is intriguing to me. I've been considering learning to design a Web page. Maybe. OK. Maybe we'll look at something like that. Oh, OK. Yeah, that would be very interesting. I w- I'll say that I've been seeing these ads, right? Because for Squarespace, and I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued in trying it. Yeah. Uh, well, let me know. I, I've I've actually built a lot of web pages over the years, so uh, we, we should talk about that. I've got some uh, some ideas. Uh, you've seen my web page for my other podcast. Um, did, uh, no, don't I, embarrass I, yourself. Damn it. Damn it. I'm behind. I'm behind. I'm. I'm. I don't know what I'm. Fine, I'm but I'm behind. Fine. No, I. Uh, are we on Spotify or just is that other one on Spotify? We're on Spotify. We are. I yep. can't find us. Yep. Um. We are because the, Spotify owns the Anchor platform. Oh. Yeah. So by default, we that's the first thing we're on as soon as you record an episode on Anchor. And we have never set up sponsorship, but we have that ability, uh, folks. And I, I tell you, we, we're not to that point. At some point, we reserve the right to bring sponsors onto the show. But at this point, we're just... Uh, well, I just feel like at some point, we're going to come up with a quote or something that we think is funny. Might do a little merch. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, merch. I like the word merch, too. You know, it just sounds right, right? Yeah, check out my merch store. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How are you going to be a capitalist uh, slob and, you know greedy if you don't have merch man i mean that's really like the pinnacle right yeah for sure well uh i just heard that's another thing too what you don't what you what i didn't mention is my wife in this project you know what she's good at and it's funny how you find these things out about somebody (laughs) so many years later uh she is she hooks the trailer up to my truck and goes to the lumberyard and loads lumber she gets materials you know during the day you know she's she's at home she's a school teacher so she's able to do those things and i'm like well after after i get done day let's run over to menards and grab some materials or whatever and she's like well i just go do it like honey you got to pull a trailer and all that she looks at me and about punched me in the eye she says you don't think i can do that i'm like i guess i didn't know that you could do that (laughs) that's that's a good so for anybody that sees pictures or we, we post pictures so when we do projects, my wife and I do work together. Like we we built the desk together. It wasn't solely me by myself. Gotcha. So we both work on, depending on the project, whose project it is, is who designs it. And I usually build it and major and come up with the stuff. She enjoys sanding and finishing. So okay. she did the finish work on most of our projects. So I think I saw day, that on Instagram. I, we were joking around because I wasn't helping her. And I'm like, I'm, I go, I'm design and construction. 
and then you're finishing and sanding. And she goes, well, help me clean this place up. I was like, no, you need to finish cleaning. That's part of finishing. <laughs> That's the finish you job. You finish cleaning. <laughs> All right, bro. I just sent you the Spotify link. But yeah, let's let's talk about that uh, offline. And uh, in the meantime, I want to thank everybody for listening in. And if you got any show ideas, uh, send us a note. Uh, and you're going to say, where do I send a note? It's be in the show notes. I'll have a link to our email address. Give us a Give us a note. Let us know what you think. Give us uh, any ideas, too, you want to talk about, uh, and uh, we'll continue to plug away. And next week, one of the things we're going to talk about is a thing called Soda Stream. Kevin, you familiar with those? Um, yeah. Okay, um, we're perfect. Yeah. We're going to talk we'll about Soda that. Stream. And, uh, in these... and then maybe we'll talk about that, um, what's tomorrow, the 22nd, that AC, Apple something? Yes, yeah, wow. so Apple Developer Conference is kicking off, and there's going to be a keynote tomorrow. So, yeah, that will be also another topic. I'm going to make a note of these in the show notes. So we'll watch, and we'll be looking out for new hardware and software solutions to kind of get an idea where Apple is heading uh, with their technology roadmap, because that's always interesting. And really, they draw the industry to them, don't they? They they have that kind of power, and they're they're actually – and this is a whole set. We, we, I shouldn't even start right now, but we'll talk about it next week. We're going to talk about the difference between today's Apple and 1990s Microsoft because the parallels are uncanny in what, what Microsoft was accused of and convicted of in an antitrust arena. Uh, Apple is, is doing that plus today with no consequence. <laughs> so we'll talk about that too, at least give my opinion on it, knowing that I'm not a financial attorney. <laughs> but, and, uh, and I can share why I'm so interested into tomorrow's tomorrow's keynote. Perfect. Next week. Perfect. So folks, tune in next week, and uh, we'll see you soon. <laughs>